let's face it, I'm not going to stop treating myself anytime soon, and neither should you. But what I should stop doing is paying for me time with whatever random credit card is in my wallet. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side by side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times the points on your spending. So what could future you do with better rewards? Honey, is it like a gorgeous free flight that you would have had to have paid for, but honey, you're saving that flight money? Is it a gorgeous room upgrade? Is it like a gorgeous like two-bedroom suite instead of a one-bedroom suite so your like in-laws or like your friend could stay over there in that room so you don't have to like hear them doing whatever with what they're doing in your your guys' room? Is it like really adulting? Oh, I love adulting. And you know what else I love? is not waiting to make smart financial decisions. I also love paying my credit cards off in full every month because like, yes, good credit. So let's like do try to do that and like making responsible decisions, which we love. Um, But anyway, don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Nerdwallet, finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Welcome to Getting Curious. I'm Jonathan Van Ness, and every week I sit down for a gorgeous conversation with a brilliant expert to learn all about something that makes me curious. It feels like every day we're reading a new article about something happening with the economy, honey, and it stresses me out. Whether it's an interest rate increase or like, you know, what's the Fed doing? What's that Powell going to say today? Uh, These days, the economy is doing all kinds of crazy shit, and I don't even understand as much about it as I want to. We learned on Sally Krawcheck's episode of Getting Curious that the economy punches down, meaning that if you don't have a lot of resources or savings to begin with, the economy can really mess you up. So in a time when our money is like feeling a little unpredictable, achieving financial security for yourself is so important. Whether you're 20, 40, 60, or 80, we all need to be figuring out what strategies we can use to save money in an economy that's rigged to work against us. So welcome to the show. Tori Dunlap, who is an internationally recognized money and career expert and also podcast host. After saving $100,000 at age 25, Tori quit her corporate job in marketing and founded her first 100K to fight financial inequality by giving women actionable resources to better their money. She has helped over 3 million women negotiate salary, pay off debt, build savings, and invest. Today, we are asking, how can we achieve financial security? Queen, how are you? I'm so good. Thank you for having me. Oh my god, fucking thanks. Excuse my French. I just am so excited to meet you. Like, uh, like, kind of IRL. Like, oh, I'm gonna say fuck like six thousand. Yes, times. Great. it's gonna be such a good episode. <laughs> um, but I'm just so excited to meet you. Your work is incredible. I love your story. Thank you for taking your time to come on. So, on your podcast, you have a series called Financial Foundations. For those of us that need some more of that in our life, um, you know, I feel like. In my 20s, I was just trying to like stay alive, like saving money wasn't like it didn't, I was not thinking about my future. And when it comes to retirement, uh, whether there's like, you know, a young person in your life who you want to teach about it, or you just want to learn more about it, when are we supposed to start saving for retirement? And how much do we need to save? Yeah, that's a great question. I want to start even before I talk about retirement and discuss how we think money is about numbers. Um, I was telling your team before, I am a theater major. I majored in theater and communication in college. Like, didn't study finance, didn't study business. Like, this was not part of the plan, (laughs) was to start a company educating women about money. But Trump got elected and I graduated college right before that happened. And I was coming into adulthood and into womanhood in a very different country than I think a lot of us expected. And it really radicalized me. And I realized that when I had money, I had options. When I had money, I had the ability to leave bad situations I didn't want to be in. I had the ability to donate to causes I loved. I had the ability to uh, start a business or to take a vacation. And I was the friend all my friends were coming to for advice and guidance. And one of the things that we're told as a member of any marginalized group is that money is this thing that is graphs and charts and numbers and compound interest. It's less about that and it's more about managing your emotions and understanding your psychology. So when we approach something like retirement, it's not so much like, okay, the you know if you save X amount with X percent interest rate over 30 years, you'll get this. Like I do that shit content all the time. Like it is helpful to think about that in some regard, but really it's about like, what 
financial trauma do you have? What sort of stories have you been led to believe about money? What sort of perspective have you been led to believe about people who have money, about the pursuit of money? And if we're going to save for this big audacious goal that's retirement, right, it is about putting a certain amount of money away, but it's also about being able to understand your own emotions, your own triggers, what's going on in your brain and body before you make a purchase, before you uh, go in for a job interview, before you actually invest for the first time. So if we're talking specifically about retirement, people do think that there is a certain number. They think, okay, when I'm a millionaire, I can retire. And that's not really true. It depends on a lot of factors, but actually it's more about how much money you spend a year that's more the number we're looking at. And you can then calculate how much you'll need in retirement. But I would just counsel everybody to like rethink the way you've been taught about money because we have been told as women, as anybody in a marginalized community, that you are not good with money because you're not good with math or that you're not good with money because you overspend on lattes. And that's just not true. The reason you're not good with money is because one, no one taught you. Two, the people who are teaching you do not acknowledge systemic oppression and they're all cisgendered straight white dudes. And three, the reason that you don't feel confident around money is because the entire system does not work for you. So basically, I need to talk about money and therapy a little bit more and like understand... I was about to play like financial therapist with you for a second. Like if you can manage $30,000, you can manage 3 million. Like there's, there's very little difference. It's all about how you're approaching your money from, again, like a psychology perspective. So one of the things I say in my book, Financial Feminist, one of the exercises is I have people think about their first money memory what is the first time you remember thinking about money? And if if you want, you're welcome. I would love to hear yours. And it actually really starts to, uh, I don't know if debunks the right word, but it starts to uh, like decompress all the stuff that you've been thinking about money. Like for me, my first money memory was I wanted to go see Annie the musical at our local community theater. And my mom told me, if you want a ticket, then you got to save your money for it. And I had an Altoids tin and I would put money in an Altoids tin and I had no source of income. I was four years old, but I wanted to see Annie. And like, I was told, right, if you want to buy something, you have to have the money for it. If it's not Christmas or your birthday or whatever, you have to save for it. And that was a great money memory. When I talk to other people, clients of mine, community members, it's typically not that positive, right? It's the first time I ever remember thinking about money was realizing I couldn't afford school lunch or that our family couldn't afford school lunch for me. Or I saw my parents fight and argue about money. So then I thought, well, money leads to divorce or money leads to arguments. So if you're willing, it would be really interesting, I think, for me and probably for listeners to know, like, what was your first money memory? My family, like, took us on this, like, trip to Mall of America. And I was like, oh, my God, we're going to Mall of America. And then we, like, all got an envelope and there was, like, $60 in it. And I was like, and, like, that's what you got to, like, spend at the mall. And I was like, holy shit, like, $60. And then I went... So much money. So I mean, I was like, sorry, I'm retiring now. I'm rich, sorry. Um, But I went to Bath and Body Works and I spent like all of it in 20 minutes. And then my mom, like, I also got lost in Mall of America because I was like, bye everyone, I'm, bye. I just didn't even, I just, I like, I was like, I, I was like, I got to go to the Bath and Body Works right now. I think I didn't even like, I just like, w- and I just like had to go on my own and then they found me. And then my mom got like mad at the lady. She was like, you just sold like an eight-year-old $60 of like, who does that? And I was like, I wanted everything. It's perfect. Like, I need everything. Like, I wasn't going to go anywhere. Any, But the idea of, like, spending every penny I have on something, like, but, like, I was just, like, and, yeah, interesting. But that's kind of one of the first things. And also, like, I remember, like, my mom just thinking, you know, money doesn't buy you happiness. But I was like, yeah, it does. Like, this It stuff, does. It, money buys you security and safety and a safe place to live and a car that doesn't break down on you and a vacation and rest and ease. And in a society and in a system that constantly disenfranchises people, like, money buys you happiness. Like, that's fucking bullshit. Like, yes, you shouldn't buy a Porsche and think, I'm going to be happy now. Like, that's, yes. But in tr- in terms of, like, what money can do for people, it 100% can buy you all of the things that lead to you feeling content and stable. 
financial security is like kind of also an illusion. Like unless you just have like a kajillion dollars, like so much fucking money. Yeah. It's just anything can happen. And I just wanted to, like, I always just remember thinking like, I just want to be in a place where like nothing bad could ever happen. But it's like, even once you do have a lot of shit, a lot more shit and you're like, you know, buying jewelry that you never thought you could, or your house is like pretty, like you never thought it could. You still fear like the the loss of it, like the security just at all, like security just at all is this like illusion that I think as I get older, I'm like, oh, like you're always kind of, you just can't rely on anything. It's like all kind of impermanent. I will say, I think, I mean, to your point, I mean, nothing's permanent, right? Like truly, if we're doing, doing this at a metaphysical level, like we're all going to die. Yeah. Like what is fucking capitalism and money anyway? But if we are th- thinking about like specifically like financial security, I do think it's attainable. I think it's, it's you figuring out as cheesy as it sounds, like what freedom looks like to you. And like for somebody listening, right, that can be, you know, I want to pick my kids up from school every single day. Like that can be the thing that looks like freedom and choice for you. Mm. It can be, you know what, I'm not, I am going to make sure like I am never in a situation that I uh, can't get out of, whether that's a relationship, whether that's a apartment lease, whether that's a, a toxic job, right? Like, that's the feeling, especially that I want for every single woman, really every single person. But like, we know that 99% of domestic violence uh, situations or abusive relationships have some sort of financial abuse tied to them. And the reason that, you know, an abused partner can't leave is because they don't have their own money. So like, maybe that's freedom for you is I just have the freedom of choice. Maybe it is, uh, you know, I have enough time where, you know, I don't have to work two or three jobs and I can have a hobby that just makes me happy, right? We're all trying to exist under capitalism. We're all trying to exist in this bullshit system. I had an unrealistic expectation. That's like what I, I, I like, I just like wanted to like never have to worry again. But you can't just like, like you're always gonna have to like kind of pay attention. Like I just was like, I just want to like not pay attention and not have to worry ever again. But that's like an unrealistic expectation. Well, and if I can relate the two of us together, which is feels very flattering for me, but like there is a certain level of, uh, again, like we're, we have freedom in certain regards, but then we chose things that also allowed us to not have that freedom. Like for me, I am 29. I'm financially independent, meaning that I could quit my job. I could never work again. And I would have enough money because I'm living off my investments to survive for the rest of my life. Now I can't do that and also run the company that I'm trying to build and also help the people that I'm trying to help and also employ the people that I'm trying to employ. So it is kind of like, it's, it's a balance always. And there is a certain level though. What I love about what you said is um, that you did think to yourself, like, I do want money because when I talk to people, especially like, you know, our, our community is largely women. And when I talk to them, they are so, so scared to say that out loud. Like they are so terrified to say that out loud because maybe that makes me selfish. Maybe that makes me ungrateful. Maybe that just makes me a capitalistic pig, right? And it's like, you're allowed to pursue money. You're allowed to unabashedly pursue money as long as you are not hurting or exploiting somebody else. Like you are allowed to do that because I don't want to win capitalism. That means I've exploited somebody like, I don't need to be a billionaire. I don't want to be a billionaire. That means I've probably, yeah, exploited somebody or something along the way. But I also can't lose capitalism because that means deep, deep suffering to myself, to my community, to my family, right? And so what I actually really love about what you said that I want to call out is like, it's okay to say, I want money. I want security. I want to be a millionaire. I want to have enough money in my bank account that I don't have to worry anymore. And I wish more folks who are minorities said that out loud because that shit is so fucking powerful. I think you could literally be a therapist just if you ever get sick of like just doing like uh, like money psychology. Like you could, like you're smart, amazing, like uh, obsessed with you. Like I'm going to go smash the follow button on everything. Like you're you. so good. Um, Thank you. How flattering. I want to be very clear. I do not have a degree in psychology. I know, I know, but I'm still just saying you're like genius. Uh, I do like, I think that it is so important. Like the whole, my, my whole book, I was really intentional that the first chapter is about the emotions of money because like, I can't teach you how to budget. And I know we'll talk about it today. Like, 
budgeting is important. Saving for retirement is important. Um, negotiating your salary is important. I teach you how to do all that. But we have to start with like, what are your preconceived notions about money, about people with it, about the pursuit of wealth, about the way the system works, right? Because you've been told that the reason you're not rich is because you don't work hard enough. No, it's racism and ableism and homophobia and a trillion dollar student debt crisis and a stagnating minimum wage and lack of paid family leave. Like that's the reason that you can't progress financially. Maybe it's a little bit of impulse spending. We'll talk about that, right? Or maybe it's... And patriarchy, and also like patriarchy too. Oh, the word patriarchy, like I would be, my next 100K would happen if I had a nickel every time I said the word patriarchy and just how bullshit it is. But yeah, it's, it's the systems that are upheld, right? And it's like the only way to change the system that we currently have is for people who don't have money to get it. Like, like that's it. Uh, and to create a system where talking about money is not taboo. We are more likely to talk about any uncomfortable topic, sex, death, politics, mm. religion, before we'll have a conversation about money. And that's on purpose. You've been told that talking about money is gauche and impolite because it keeps you underpaid and overworked. It keeps you feeling ashamed about your money. It keeps the money conversations from you from having them, right? It gatekeeps them. So I just think it's so important, like for anybody who's trying to be better with money, as messy as it is, you got to start with like, what are your narratives you've believing, been believing? What happens in your body and your brain when you're about to make a financial decision? And how do we work to make that a more positive experience for you? My husband loves him some ritual. His little tum-tum can get off. His little microbiome, it says, help me enter ritual. They created a three-in-one supplement, including clinically studied prebiotics, probiotics, and a postbiotic to support the relief of mild and occasional bloating, gash, and diarrhea. I really like Ritual because they prioritize sustainably sourced and traceable ingredients. I love to take my Symbiotic Plus every morning along with my hot tea or coffee because I feel like it helps me start the day off right. I also love that Ritual has industry-leading sustainability standards. Ritual uses scientific tools to select lower carbon packaging, prioritize sustainably sourced ingredients, and set ambitious climate goals. There's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 20% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash curious. Start Ritual or add Symbiotic Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash curious for 20% off. Recently, I've been having some stomach problems. Everyone that I talked to recommended that I take a bunch of different supplements and vitamins, but it's kind of complicated to keep track of that many different pills and powders every day. So I decided to give AG1 a try because I wanted a single solution that supports my gut health while also supporting my immune and brain health. AG1 covers my bases with high-quality ingredients like pre- and probiotics, adaptogens, antioxidants, and whole food-sourced nutrients. AG1 also replaces my multivitamin, my pre-slash-probiotic, and my supplements to support energy and focus. AG1 is the supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily, and that's why I'm excited to welcome them as a new partner. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com curious. That's drinkag1.com curious. Check it out. On the whole, what are your, um, what are your, like, what are just like some strategies? Like, cause are you like a, don't do this, try to do that. It's like really just so different for everyone or. So what we have to do is we have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. We have to get comfortable saying, okay, this is the lay of the land, right? This is what's going on. This is how much debt I have. This is where my money comes in and out. And I need you to do this with as little judgment as possible. Like you're an anthropologist in your own life. You're like, oh, interesting. She bought that pair of shoes she did not need and did not want because her boss made her feel like shit today. Interesting, right? That's it. Not, I'm a piece of shit. Not, I wish I should have, I should have done this or I wish I knew this sooner. Because here's the thing, the number one emotion that is tied up with money, it's not joy. It's not ease. It's not stability. It's not pleasure. It's shame. 
It's shame and fear and anxiety and guilt. And so if we can approach money and kind of understanding our financial picture without shaming ourselves, that is like the biggest, most massive win of all. So start getting honest with yourself. Like write down, I have this in my book, like write down, okay, what... Where is my debt? How, what is the interest rate on it? And like, how much is it? And write it all down. Write down how much money comes in every month and how much money goes out. That's what we call our cash flow, right? Like, where's the money coming in from our nine to five job? If we're self employed, maybe a couple different places. And then where's the money going out? What am I spending my money on? In regards to impulse spending, right? The best thing we can do for impulse spending is in addition to, again, like, checking ourselves from an anthropologist angle of just like, oh, interesting. I made that decision because I was emotionally heightened. Then decide what you're going to do now with that information, right? Just the mindfulness is so key of, yep, I swiped up on Instagram to buy, this was me, uh, wrinkle preventing stickers in 2020. Like that was a thing I, I did. I love brownies. Yeah. I was like, but I, I don't think I needed them. It was just like, me being emotional in the pandemic and wanting to feel productive. (laughs) And so I was like, I will buy skincare that will work when I sleep because even capitalism can't even get me then. So I think that was the moment where I was like, okay, interesting. We bought those wrinkle preventing stickers that we didn't really need and we didn't really want because we were trying to fill this void in our life. So what does that tell me about future purchases? Well, that I need to sit for a second before I make them. Because here's the deal, Jonathan, and like everybody listening, you work fucking hard for your money. Like you work hard for your money and I want it to go to things that light you up, that like make your life so fucking great. You have this hard-earned money and it deserves to go to things that make your life better. And notice I didn't say never spend money because that's some bullshit. Like we are not, it's like diet culture, right? Like diets don't work. If you tell me I can't have fried chicken, all I'm going to want is fried chicken. And it's not because willpower, it's because of literal psychology, right? Deprivation doesn't work. But I don't want you spending your money on things that you look at at the end of the day and you're like, that was fucking stupid. I want it going towards things that absolutely make your life more pleasurable, and more relaxing and just like light you the fuck on fire. And so asking yourself, like how many of my purchases in the last month do I A, remember making and B, light, like lit me up, like made my life actionably better beyond just like a fleeting moment in time. Like I literally on Monday, I'm about to go on, um, I call this a friend moon. It's my trip I take with my best friend, Christine, every year. We go on a honeymoon style trip as best friends. And we've done this every single year for like six years. And all of, almost all of my fun money for travel, like I save for this trip because I'm like, this is the fucking best thing of the year. And I'm going to spend thousands of dollars on this trip without apology, without concern, because I've saved for it. I've budgeted for it, but also because this is my favorite fucking part of the year. And so that's the feeling I want you to have when you spend your money of like, yes, this latte that I drink every day wakes me up. It gives me joy. It gives me pleasure. And that's great. Or yep, this trip I take with my partner or my friend, like this is the best. And I want you to actually use money to better your life. But what if you are someone who is like really not been maybe paying attention for such a long time? Like I remember um, my friend Patty and I were talking about like we had read some article that said that like you were supposed to start saving for retirement in like your like like early 20s. And we were both like, oh, fuck, like we were like 29 or 30 at the time. And we were like, we haven't done anything. So like what if you're like, already kind of feeling behind or what if you like actually are behind like is is like are you what what about that are you fucked yeah (laughs) um yeah you're not fucked everything's gonna be okay um I'll tell you a fun story so when I went out on my book tour to you know do the promotion and everything we had I think five or six book tour stops and this was the first time our community got to like actually come together since pandemic and we kind of HFK blew up during the pandemic like we became really popular during that time so it was the first time we had people like in person talking to each other and it was just very magical but literally Jonathan every single time we would do a Q&A and open it up to the audience someone would say I'm not kidding every single time somebody would raise their hand and go I feel like I'm behind 
and I feel like it's just over for me. What do I do? And I would always say, hey, can we have a moment of vulnerability? If you feel like you're behind, raise your hand. And I am not being dramatic. Every single person in the room, every time I've spoken to a room of our community members has raised their hand. Like every single person. So if you are that person listening and you're like, I feel like it's over for me. I feel like I should have started earlier. And so, you know, kind of like the sunk cost fallacy of just like, you know what? I I just can't do anything at all. I promise you, you, that is not an isolated feeling. Every single person on this planet feels like they're behind. Like every single person. So the first thing is to acknowledge like you're not alone. This is not an isolated experience. Hopefully that brings you some comfort. The second thing is like, you can do something. I'm not going to lie to you and say that, you know, if you are 55 years old and you have nothing saved for retirement, that it's going to be enough to support you for 30, 40 years. It might not be. But I will tell you that $50,000 or $100,000 or anything that you can do is better than doing nothing, right? Giving yourself a little bit of money is better than saying, you know what, I'm fucked, so there's no fucking point. Like, we have to overcome that feeling because everybody feels that way and the response can't be, well, I'm just going to do nothing because I didn't do anything. Do something. Do something imperfectly. Like, I need you to take imperfect action because that's better than doing nothing. I say all the time that the worst financial mistake you can make is making no mistake at all. Like the worst thing you can do, the worst choice you can make is doing nothing. So in terms of like playing catch up, right? We were talking about that financial game plan before. Save that emergency fund. Even if it takes you a long time, pay off your credit card debt and stay out of credit card debt. Even if that takes you a long time. Could it also be like if you, like if credit card debt was your thing, like would bankruptcy be a thing? Like maybe just like having to bite the bully or bullet and then just being like, I'm going to have to file this with like, I'm just like not, you wouldn't even be able to get credit for like X amount of time. But like, cause at least, the, cause if you file for bankruptcy, can't you still like have a retirement account? Like you could still like save for future. Can't you just like can't have a credit card. Right. That's like a random question. It's one yeah. of those things, to be honest, I don't know a lot about it. It's also like you were saying before, like personal finance is personal, right? I can't say if you have yeah. X amount of debt, this is your time to file for bankruptcy, right? Like every single person's going to be different. I would encourage you though, like before you hit the kind of like get out of jail button, whether that is something as dramatic as bankruptcy or it's just like, you know, a... uh consolidation loan or a, you know, reliance on like, I see a lot of our community members just being like, I'm going to ignore my student loans because they'll just be forgiven. And I'm like, when have I ever trusted that our government's going to do shit for us? Like, yes, we do vote and we do support policies and legislators that support the kind of things that we want to see. But like, I am not putting my future and my money and my education in uh, like Mitch McConnell's hands. Like, I'm not going to do that. So I think that there is this level of like, again, you have to be honest with yourself. And that is so scary. And I know how scary it is. But I promise you, in the long run, it's a lot better to know what the reality is than just be like, cool, I'll figure that out later. Um, I've talked about on my podcast, I say this in my book, but like the word self-care gets thrown around a lot, right? It's been commodified now. But like true self-care is hard shit. Like the things we associate with self-care are really like self-soothing actions, right? Like I had a bad day at work, so I'm drawing myself a bubble bath and putting a face mask on and drinking a glass bottle of wine, right? Like that is great. That is the thing you do in the moment to make yourself feel better. The thing that actually makes your life better is something that feels a little uncomfortable right now. That is going to therapy Uh, working out, uh, eating a salad when you don't want to eat a goddamn salad, having a hard conversation with a friend, and yeah, looking at your money, right? Talk about getting comfortable being uncomfortable. True self-care is hard. Like true self-care is the hard shit you do now so that future you is better off. And it's going to be uncomfortable to get honest with yourself, especially if you feel like you're behind. But please know, again, you are not alone. You are one of literally millions of people, which hopefully provides some comfort And doing something rather than nothing is incredibly crucial for you to better your money, to better your mental health, and to progress in your financial journey. 
My makeup routine changes every day. Sometimes I'm giving you full glam, but sometimes I like a no makeup makeup look or like literally just like almost literally no makeup. It just depends. Whether you like fresh faced, full glam or somewhere in between, there's a Thrive Cosmetics product for you. Thrive Cosmetics beauty products are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free. They're made with clean, skin-loving ingredients, they are high-performance, and they have uncompromising standards. One of my personal favorite products is the Brilliant Eye Brightener. I love this product because it can be used in so many different ways. It can be a highlighter stick that's made to brighten and open up your eyes. They support amazing causes, including the LGBTQIA community and racial and social justice. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com Curious. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C A U S E M E T I C S dot com slash curious for 20% off your first order. Honey, I love a luxurious moment, but I also love luxury that like doesn't cost quite so much. Then I discovered Quince and it was a total game changer. They have so many different items to choose from. They have washable silk tops and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. And the best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Thanks, Quince. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Indulge in affordable luxury, honey. Go to quince.com slash curious for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash curious to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash curious. So basically, this is what's really important for like uh, building wealth and gaining financial security. It's like understanding the psychology um, of, of your purchases, like understanding what your budget is, understanding, you know, money in, money out, then emergency fund, the steps of achieving the emergency fund, then high interest things to low interest things. Oh, no credit cards. Like we were saying away from credit cards unless, but also we do need some credit cards to get good credit. So, but we're just doing little tiny amount and then paying it off every month. I love credit cards. You just have to use yes. them responsibly. Right. You have to pay them on time and in full yes. like it's a debit card. Cause that, cause I get so much free shit now that I learned about it and I figured it out. Yeah. Oh, literally. No, yeah. But you just, but you can't be irresponsible. No, it's, it's like, yes. it's like a yes. tool. And I really, yes. Right. It, I, I liken them to a knife is like the knife can cut vegetables for you, but if you misuse it, it can slice your finger. Right. Like, Oh fuck. That's like you, the best analogy of all time. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's such a great tool, but if you have to use it effectively and you have to use it correctly. We learned from Melinda Gates that like the number one thing that allows for women in her research with the Gates Foundation and all the really important work that they're doing for women and girls all over the world, like so cool. Um, but it's like family planning is like what allows women to have like upward economic mobility. And when I interviewed her, it was like 2018 yeah. or 19, but like, I didn't ever think we were going to be in a world where like Roe was actually overturned. And, you know, in our own country now, like there is like, you know, so many states where like women do not have access and they're trying to restrict family planning and contraception even more. But it's like when you thread yep. that together with what yep. Sally Krawcheck taught us about not only the pay gap, but even more importantly, that wealth gap, which really hit close to home. Cause like my parents got divorced when I was young. So I, we spent so much more time with my mom and it's like, it's, you're just with, typically in our society, you are just with mom more. It's not always the case, but it's the case for a lot of families. And so she does end up paying for more food. She does end up paying for like, you know, the cleats if you're going to fucking soccer or pay, just, they just end up paying for more shit. And so that just like, what a bet. So like, has your work kind of changed since Roe was overturned or, or have you seen like a ripple effect of that into the economy and women's experience in the economy? I really appreciate that question. And this is why I'm so excited to be here chatting with you is that like the perfect example is the lack of abortion access, right? If you have money, abortion has always been accessible for you, right? If you have money, you can get an abortion. You can terminate a pregnancy. You can go to another state. You have that flexibility, right? If you don't have money and abortion is not legal in your area, 
what are you going to do? Like that is an issue. That is a financial issue. Yes, it's a it's a woman's issue. It's an every person issue. It's a socio-political issue. It's really an issue of both personal and economic wealth. Like again, I was talking about before this like rounds it out very well, but like when I have money, I have options. I have the option to carry to term and raise that child if that's something I want to do because I have the money to do that. On the flip side, if that's not for me and my lifestyle and where I'm at in my life right now, terminating that pregnancy, I have the money and the funds to be able to do that even if it's not you know, legal or even if it's not in my state, I can go to the next state over. I can even fly to a country where I can do that, right? Like when you have money, you have options. Yet we still talk about these issues in a very you know, uh, black and white way. And for us as individuals, this is again, why it's so important for me and why I believe I was put on this earth is to help women get more money, help people get more money so that they have the autonomy over their lives. They have the autonomy over their time. They have autonomy over their bodies. They have autonomy over their choices and they can actually use money to not only better themselves, but to better their communities, to better their relationships, to better the world around them. As we heard, I mean, because your story is incredible. You were able to save 100K at the age of 25. That is so cool. After saving all that money, like what did finally make you decide to quit your job? Because you're so passionate about your career and I love that you're like just out here helping people, educating people. Was there like a... Like, a, did you have like a Bridget Jones diary like moment when you were like, if it means I'm within a hundred feet of you, I'd rather wipe Saddam Hussein's ass or what? Like, was there like, like what was, what was the thing? What happened? Yeah. I haven't talked about this publicly a lot, but um, I was growing her first hundred K as a side hustle in addition to my nine to five. So I was working a nine to five in marketing and then uh, was, you know, both trying to save my own hundred K, but also like you know, had this company that was the origin story was me saving my own hundred K and teaching other women how to also feel confident with money. And, um, the interesting thing was, is it's like, it got to a point where I always knew I wanted to be my own boss. I just didn't think it would happen this quickly. And I hit my hundred K goal in like August of September of 2019. And I actually went on friend mood to celebrate. I went on the, uh, to London and Italy with my best friend. And I got the call for good morning America in a pub in London and came home, did the interview. And what ended up happening was my uh, couple people in leadership at my company got really squirrely about it. Rather than saying, oh, this 25-year-old team member of ours had did this amazing accomplishment, this huge thing. I think they felt really threatened because I was getting all this press and their company wasn't. And it became, it was just a lot of friction that year. And it got to the point where it was like, like my personal, like my boss was great, but other people in the organization, it was getting really squirrely. And truly the universe kind of made the decision for me. Speaking of like, when we were talking about money memories before, like, again, I grew up in a really like, my parents always chose the stable option. And I'm very, very thankful they did that. Like my dad, even if he didn't love his job, stayed for way longer than he needed to because 401k and health benefits and stability and that that paycheck every single, you know, two weeks. And one of the things that even, you know, these positive money memories that can be damaging was when I got to the point where, you know, this, this situation at my job was not looking great. And I had this clear out of like, let's take this full time you know, I called my parents, you know, I'm again, 25 and I'm like, what do I do? And they're like, you need to keep your job. Like you need to keep your job no matter what, because they had always chose the stable option. So even these narratives that for me were positive, just, I, I was extremely risk averse. And that felt like a massive risk to me, even though I had money in the bank, right? I had my hundred K I had momentum. I was on GMA. We had all of this stuff happening with the business. And I realized in that moment, I was like, oh, this script I've been believing, which is like the stable option is the best option. It's like, that's not always true. So I joke with my parents all the time. I'm like, aren't you glad I didn't listen to you? Because I quit my job three weeks later. It was like the right time to leave my company uh, or the company I was working for. And like everything kind of exploded from there. Like we now have 4 million social media followers. We have a New York Times bestselling book. We have the number one money podcast for women in the world. Like we change women's lives every single day. And it is, again, what I believe I was put on this earth to do, but it's also my favorite fucking thing. Like I love, love talking about all of this shit with you and with, with our community. And 
uh, it was just that funny moment that even in my own life, I was like, oh, these like scripts that I've been believing about money that I thought were positive and great, even those have a, like a negative side to them. And also like, I was just frankly tired of making straight white men rich. Like <laughs> I was just tired of it. I was like, I want to be able to work for myself and I want to be able to call the shots and I want to be able to have that freedom and that flexibility. And also, um, like the the beautiful thing about the nine to five world is that you do have that stable income. You do have a check coming in. But the bummer about it too is that like your income is capped. Like you are capped in terms of how much you can make. And I remember thinking to myself, wow, if we're getting this much done, if we're making this big of an impact and we're making this much money and I'm working part-time on this, imagine what happens when this is my full-time thing. When I can dedicate every every you know ounce of my time and energy that I can towards this. And uh, I, it was really a bet on myself, but I was 100% all in. I was like, we can do this. And if it doesn't work, cool, we'll just go back to corporate. Um, but it obviously ended up working out pretty well. Fuck yeah, it did. Okay, Tori, we were like routing their base, sliding into home. Picture it. Someone just came into their first 100K, however they came into it. Uh, what's the first three things they need to do? Yep. First thing is... Uh, starting to just be mindful of how you approach money. Like, what is my brain and body doing when I make spending decisions? Again, what are my narratives that I've been believing? And just start to watch yourself and start to form conclusions from there. That's the first thing. That is Okay, but if that's how I approach it, I would have, I would spend 100,000 like if I actually just came into it, like I would have spent it in 3 weeks. Like, what's like the cut cut cut? Like, if you don't have a retirement fund, better fucking get one, better invest in sure. better put some of that shit in a fucking high yield fucking savings got account. You. I mean, you, you got it. Me. First thing an emergency fund, 3 months of living expenses in a high yield savings account. That's the first thing. Second thing is if you have credit card debt, we're paying that off. Third thing is that if you've done both of those, cool, we're going to start prioritizing our retirement. If you work on a nine to five, a 401k is a great option for you. If you get a 401k match, that means that the company is giving you free money. If you put some money in, they're saying, hi, if you put in 3% of your salary, we I do will that. double it. Great. That's, that's amazing. It's free money. So take advantage of it. And really, that's one of like the big priorities. If you do have a 401k with a match, that's that's amazing. If you don't have a 401k or uh, you're self-employed, an IRA is a great option. That stands for an individual retirement account. You any Almost anybody can open one and that way you can start investing for retirement without... And Tori, what's the goddamn difference between the Ooh, rock okay. one and not quick, the quick, rock quick, one? Quick. So this is for you independent, for your independent, for you independently own or for you independent baddies out there. And an IRA is for like you independent baddies. There's like the Roth yep. IRA. And this is so good because I had one, but then I transferred I'll it to my 401k. I'll explain it to you. I got it. Like I opened my own company. Yeah, tell us right now what okay. is it? Anybody can open them whether you're self-employed or not. You can have an IRA and a 401k if you are a nine to five or still. So the difference is in how they're taxed. The Roth and traditional are two different like flavors of accounts. You can have actually a Roth IRA or a traditional IRA or both. You can also have a Roth 401k or a traditional 401k. So traditional means that you're paying the tax when you retire because Uncle Sam's got to get his cut at some point. Roth means you're paying the tax now. So I personally like the Roth option for a couple of reasons. One, it's like giving 65-year-old me a little gift. It's like, here, take this money that you don't have to pay your tax on because 20-something Tory already did it and go take your hot Pilates instructor, Luca, out for Chardonnay with lunch. Like that's my real life retirement plan. So Roth IRA, again, means like you're giving 65-year-old you a gift of like tax-free. Plus taxes will probably be higher. That's the second thing. Look at you. Years. Second thing is like, I don't know what taxes are going to be. We could have a Hunger Games situation, right? By the time I'm taking out my money, right? Okay, so let's say that you got your first 100K and you already did those first two, like you already had like done your emergency fund and you already did your credit card debt and you don't have debt. You just don't have debt. Like, yep. and let's say like all those things. And then the first thing you said was like, you're going to prioritize your retirement. What's like, would the second thing be like a Vanguard or like, like invest in the, uh, like invest in the stock market? And, and what the yes. fuck is a Vanguard? What, you just what asked is me three questions. Thing? I'm going to answer all of them really quick. Okay. First one, um, when you invest for retirement with a 401k or an IRA, you are investing. This is a thing I hear a lot is people are like, well, I need to get an investing account. And I'm like, do you have a 401k? And they're like, yes, that is an investing account. And it's actually one of the best because 
any retirement specific investing account is tax advantaged. That means basically that the government is incentivizing you to save for your own retirement by offering you tax breaks. So that is a 401k, that's an IRA, that's a SEP IRA if you're self-employed, that's a 403b if you're like a teacher or a government worker. If it is a tax advantaged account for retirement, that is an investing account. So if I am getting my 100K and I don't have debt, I have my emergency fund, and maybe I have my 401K and I still have 100K left over, what I'm doing is I'm maxing out all of my retirement accounts possible. Any retirement account open to me, this is what I do because I'm a high income earner, is I go through literally on January 1st and I max out as many accounts as I can max out. If you still have money left over after you max out the 401k, which I believe is $22,500 in 2023, and if you max out the IRA, which is $6,500 unless you are over 55, um, then I am putting my money in what's called an individual brokerage account. This is what you're referring to as like a Vanguard account. Vanguard is just a company that does all of these accounts. They do a 401k, they do an IRA, they do everything. So when you are opening up that individual brokerage account, what that means is it's not tied to any particular goal. It's not a retirement account. It's not for your kid's college. So that's the pro is you can put millions of dollars in it if you want per year, if you got it and you want to do that. The con though is that like you're not getting the tax advantages because if you were, we'd have folks like Jeff Bezos put $10 billion in these accounts. So that's kind of the order of operations if you want to optimize like where the money's going, if you do have a lot of money or you are like coming into a lot of money. I will also say that, again, this is like you and I could talk for like six more hours. The, in, the whole investing landscape is a very like, what finance bro dude focused uh, environment where nobody really teaches you how to invest and no one really uh, guides you through it in a way that actually makes sense. So two years ago, I actually started my own investing platform. I co-created an investing platform where we literally teach you step-by-step how to invest. It's called Stock Market School. If you want something beyond just the investing chapter in my book, or if I just said all of this and you like glazed over and blacked out, like I will see you there because I literally teach you in workshops and in coaching and in step-by-step tutorials, how to start investing for yourself and like how to pick these accounts, what they all mean and what to do in what order. Okay, rapid fire or continue where I was in. Fuck, Mary kill, cash at Venmo Zell. Oh, I'm marrying, I'm marrying Venmo. I'm killing cash app and I'm fucking Zell, I guess. Maybe I'm fucking Venmo. She seems a little sluttier. Ooh, so then you say, no, yeah, I like that. Um, okay, um, credit or debit? Credit used responsibly. I literally flew myself and my partner to Europe in business class seats for free with credit card points this summer. So credit used responsibly. Okay, like credit used responsibly, I have to say, now that I can't pay off my credit is pretty badass. I get a lot of really cool shit from it's, that and I will say it is pretty cool. Oh yeah. Um, checking or savings account. Uh, savings account. The only money that should be in your checking is your monthly expenses plus a bit of a buffer. If there's anything in additional in your checking account, you need to move it to that high yield savings account. If there's... Oh my God, that's what my business manager oh my God. does. Great. We love, we love them. Um, would you rather invest in something that might have a big payout but could fail immediately or something more established that you won't, but you won't see a big payout for like 20 years? I mean, that's what investing is really at the end of the day. Like when we look at investing, you are... Uh, in this for years, if not decades. Um, I, I don't think we'll have time. I know that you had a crypto question on there. That's the classic version of like get rich quick, in my opinion, of just like trying to find the fastest, sexiest thing. Same thing with like individual stocks and like day trading. That's not real investing. That's a scam. Like fully, that's a scam. When we say investing, we're in this for the long haul. We're in this for years, if not decades. So um, for me and any other good financial expert you'll talk to, like we are picking the stable option that increases over time rather than the thing that might get us rich, but comes with a huge amount of risk. What was that thing called again about like that fund that's like the Vanguard fund, but like they do all those different types, but it was called like a individual brokerage. Is that what you mean? Yeah. The individual brokerage something. What was that thing? Yeah. 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 So an individual brokerage is just like an, again, we have the 401k, the IRA, these are investing accounts. These are not investments. Again, this is why you and I could talk forever. Like basically they're like, it's like a safer bet than like, you know, investing in like Netflix alone or like Blockbuster alone or like Blockbuster. Oh, you mean funds. So funds, uh, like index funds. So 
So the 401k or the IRA or the brokerage account is the thing that holds the investments. You put your money into it and then you go buy things. You go buy, if you want individual stocks, I don't do that, a Netflix or a Johnson & Johnson or a Pepsi or a Tesla. Yeah, I don't do that either. Yeah. I, uh, you can do what you want. That's not what I do. And it's not the smartest way to invest. But what you can do is buy a fund and a fund has 500 companies in it or a thousand companies in it or 250 companies in it. That way you're not putting all of your eggs in the Netflix basket. But this is something we talk about on my podcast all the time is the number one mistake I see people make is open up a 401k and IRA because their dad or me told them to do it one time you are not actually invested until you do step two. You have to put the money into this account, but it's not like a bank account where you're done. You have to take the money then and actually invest it. So pick your investments, whether that's an index fund, what I just talked about, or like an individual stock, if you're more okay with risk. But like this is like financial purgatory. People put their money in the account and they think they're done and they're not done. Your money's earning nothing. You have to actually do step two, which is to invest the money. Uh, but where can people follow you? And like, so they're they're doing the podcast. Are you are you the most on TT or IG or both? Or like, do you have another tour coming out? Like, what's are you what, what's happening? Where can we find you? Where can we stay up to date? Both are great. Yeah, at her first hundred k and all the socials, her first hundred k dot com, and then Financial Feminist is my book and podcast. Tori, thank you for coming on Getting Curious. I'm sorry I interrupted you 80,000 times. I had the most fun ever. I learned so much and I like love you. I had so much fun getting to know you for this time that we spent together. And thank you so much for doing all of your work and helping more fucking women and women or I just thank you for helping more women and more people getting financial security. Thank you so much. It's really important work. And thank you for destigmatizing talking about money because we need to be able to talk about it so that we can like not get fucked over by the goddamn patriarchy. So thank you for being a badass fucking woman trailblazing ass lady. You're going to make me cry. Thank you for having me. This is truly such a pinch me moment. I have been the biggest fan of your work. My team is like literally like texting me like, how did it go? How did it go? They're so obsessed with you. And um, I will put it right back to you and just say thank you for your amplification of things that are so fucking important. It's going to make me cry. Thank you for your amplification of things that actually fucking matter. Like actually fucking matter in this world that it doesn't seem like a lot matters, but like your work, what you do, how you make people feel like that fucking matters. So thank you. Thank you for your work. You've been listening to Getting Curious with me, Jonathan Van Ness. You can learn more about this week's guest and their area of expertise in the episode description of whatever you're listening to the show on. And honey, there's more where that came from. You can follow us on Instagram at CuriousWithJVN. We are doing the most over there and it is so much fun. You can catch us here every Wednesday and also make sure to tune in every Monday for alternating episodes of Curious Now and Pretty Curious. Still can't get enough? Subscribe to Extra Curious on Apple Podcasts for commercial-free listening and our subscription-only show, Ask JVN, where we're talking sex, relationships, and so much more. Our theme music is Freak by Quinn. Thank you so much to her for letting us use it. Our engineer is Nathaniel McClure. Getting Curious is produced by me, Chris McClure, Julia Melfi, and Allison Weiss, with production support from Julie Carrillo, Ann Curry, and Chad Hall. 